It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's high time. We had a high time. Together. Together. Yes, it's a high time. We had a high time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. If you wish you were a savvier cannabis shopper, then this podcast is for you. Shopping for cannabis can be confusing, and maintaining access to favorite strains, brands, or products can be damn right frustrating. And since product offerings vary by geography, we learn to lean on our bud tenders. It's so awesome to have a great bud tender. But you know what? That's not always the case. Bud tending can be a grueling job. On your feet all day, helping people choose products and answering a shit ton of questions. Often repeating the same Cannabis 101 catchphrases again and again as customers file through the dispensary. And the pay isn't great either, so there's quite a bit of turnover. It seems just when you find a bomb-ass bud tender, they get promoted or they leave to start their own thing. If you're a newbie, you might not know enough about cannabis to know if you're even talking to a knowledgeable bud tender, or one that's just blowing smoke up your ass figuring it out as they go. And nowadays, if you're sheltering in place, you're shopping dispensaries online. And if you're like me, that can be like finding something to watch on Netflix. I don't know about you, but I am paralyzed by choice overload. I'm hopeful that today's guest and I can help you get better at dialing in your product selection and shopping experience. Emma Chasen co-owns and operates Eminent Consulting, a cannabis consultancy offering educational training and craft industry development for cannabis professionals and businesses. If you appreciate what Emma and I have to say, after the show, 
please take a moment to rate or review the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It helps people find this highly responsible cannabis content, and it helps support my show's growth. So, high five in advance, and in the meantime, get ready to settle into the driver's seat of your cannabis experience. It's time to get casually baked. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar kind. I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just take one toast. Emma, thanks so much for joining the Casually Baked Tribe today on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I have received some messages recently from cannabis for wellness consumers who are really struggling with their shopping experience right now during this shutdown. And on the podcast, I dive into the cannabis for wellness lifestyle and the modern cannabis culture, and you focus more specifically on the science of cannabis. But we both share a similar mission to help people take charge of their own health and healing. So I thought you would be a perfect partner to round out this shopping discussion today. Definitely. Yes. You hit the nail on the head where I am definitely driven by my mission to help people feel more empowered to engage with cannabis and to really develop their own relationship with cannabis. But it definitely takes some understanding of at least what questions to ask and how to engage with your bud tender um, or retail cannabis professional or even healthcare practitioner to begin to understand where to start in terms of the incredible amount of product diversity that is out there currently. Oh my gosh, yes. So before we put on our savvy consumer hats, let's talk about your medicinal plant research path that got you here and got you so passionate about this? Definitely. Yeah. So my whole life, I have had quite a love for folk medicine, and that really comes from my mom and my matriarchal line. My great-grandmother was known as a strega verde in her community um, of Italian immigrants, and that directly translates to green witch. So she would use all kinds of plants and folk healing remedies for everything from like the common cold to a broken arm. So that definitely informed just who I am from my familial perspective around medicinal plants and and folk modalities and the nutraceutical model. And then when I went to college in my undergraduate experience, I thought that I was going to pursue kind of the traditional MD path because I did really want to help people and and have always been driven by this idea of helping people feel more empowered to take charge of their own health. And so I I was pursuing the pre-medical sciences, and this was at Brown University, but because Brown has quite a lax curriculum and there are really no core curriculum requirements, it, it leaves a lot up to possibility in terms of creating your ideal program of study. And so I took a freshman seminar titled Botanical Roots of Modern Medicine and just fell in love with the formal study of medicinal plants and ethnobotany specifically. And that is the way in which indigenous peoples have used medicinal plants for centuries and centuries. And so I was lucky enough to be able to design my own program within the biology department that looked at ethnobotany and medicinal plant research so that I could begin to study these phytochemical constituents of medicinal plants and their pharmacognosy, so the way that they worked in in different populations. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to formally study cannabis through that program, but 
I did get to interact with a lot of medicinal plants, and that's where I really developed my understanding around secondary compounds, alkaloids, terpenes, flavonoids, and other polyphenols and phytonutrients as well. Emma, I think I might have a crush on you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is amazing. I, I I want to know your family. Y'all are super cool. I love it. The Green Witch. I mean, yes, you had a a perfect setup to be who you are right now. So you ended up at Pharma in Portland, Oregon. Did you just start out as a bud tender because you're like, okay, I'm not finding, you know, what I wanted in my path of study. And, you know, did you have a plan like, I'm going to start from the bottom and build this thing up? Or were you just like, let me dip my toe in this? Yeah. So, I mean, the way that it worked was really quite uh, serendipitously. So I am a born and raised New Yorker. Brown is in Rhode Island. So I was always on the East Coast for for my whole life. And after graduating with my undergraduate degree, I thought, you know what, I'm going to take kind of a post-bac year. I was still evaluating medical school or even uh, naturopathic school. And so I started working in oncology research. And I thought that like, oh, yes, this could be my place to really bring in cannabis. This was 2014, 2015. So traction was just getting going for legalization um, in the medical realm for Rhode Island. And we actually did have a professor from Brown who proposed a cannabis trial to the department and my supervisor just laughed him out of the office. And to me, that was like straw that broke the camel's back. I can't be here anymore. Um, I'm really disillusioned with the oncology industry for, for what it is being in that like belly of the beast. And so I somehow convinced my best friend to move out to Portland, Oregon with me sight unseen. We just packed our cars, drove out across the country and When I landed there, I, of course, wanted to work more in research. Again, I I thought that I was going to take a year and then go to naturopathic school where one of the schools is in Portland, which is why I I chose that destination, Mm -hmm. Um, but needed a job. And so found the bud tending gig at Pharma posted on Craigslist and was like, you know what, Why, why not? I'll apply, see what's up. And I I did land that job thinking that it was only really going to be a brief kind of stint, a couple months at most to get me on my feet. But I just fell in love with it. And the rest is kind of history. That is so awesome. I made a similar move when I, I came back to the U.S. from Italy. I just was like, okay, I know cannabis is in my future and it's not legal here. So I bought a car, packed it all up and road trip to California. Awesome. So since you had that love of cannabis, you had the science background, I would love to hear what your view is. Like if you give us a behind the scenes look at how dispensaries are choosing products and then how bud tenders are educated, because I I really like consumers to understand what's happening in the background, you know, before they walk in and just grab something off the shelf. Mm, Definitely. I mean, it has come a long way since I was hired almost five years ago now. So when I was hired, it was still in in the medical um, regulatory program here in Oregon. We were just transitioning to adult use sales and kind of no precedent had been set for training or buying, purchasing, educating, talking about cannabis. And so at Pharma, we really got to develop those those ways in which we bought products engaged with consumers. And I know that 
for me and, and the team at the time, there was quite an ethos of organic methodology and science-forward education. And so we rejected the indica sativa binary. We looked more to the chemotype or the cannabinoids and terpenes found in every variety. And then we empowered an intake manager who would make the purchasing decisions, and it would come down to assessing product quality. And in the cannabis industry, it is definitely somewhat subjective in terms of quality. I mean, there are a lot of synonymous definitions that are associated with high quality that I personally reject, such as a a really common one of, oh, the highest THC percentage that's out there is the highest quality flower, where to me that is just not true. Instead, we need to look at the way in which the variety has been grown and taken care of, just as we would source our food, we need to be sourcing our cannabis, which is medicine, in that same way. And so now, looking at the kind of current landscape of the industry and the many industries out there, I do see much more of a favoring towards chemotype, rejecting the indica sativa binary to predict experience, and instead looking at the actual compounds that we're consuming and explaining those to consumers. And I also do see some favoring in the intake process around at least an investigation of how it was grown and cultivated and carving out shelf space for products that are manufactured with that organic methodology. But ultimately, it really comes down to shop per shop. I wouldn't say that there is any kind of universal ethos or even uh, regulatory program or guidelines guiding uh, these purchasing decisions or the ways in which staff is educated and trained on products. Totally. I agree. And I that's what I see as like, you know, the ultimate consumer looking in, you know, and that's what causes so much of the confusion for consumers and especially the novice consumer because all of the packaging, it looks completely different. In fact, you know, one of the casually baked listener shopping questions that I got, I mean, we just kind of led right into it. So that question was, once I've found something that I like, how can I find more products with similar cannabinoid ratios and terpenes? Some packaging is more comprehensive than others. How do I find out what I like for certain needs? And I'd love for my money to go as far as possible, but sometimes it's hard to understand percentages versus total milligrams, and sometimes per dose is identified and sometimes per package. I feel like I'm comparing cell phone plans. Mm. <laughs> Definitely. And I was like, um, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, there is just such a kind of unreliable scope in the industry as it exists right now. And I think that there are real two important facets to being able to source products that will continuously work for you. And one of those is that find a shop that does have educated bud tenders that does place value on providing their staff with education and training, not only on the fundamentals of cannabis and its purported effects, but also on the the products specifically. Um, We see a lot of consumers going in and kind of asking, trying to ask bud tenders questions and the responses back are like, oh, well, this is my favorite or, oh, I love to take this and it it makes me feel really high or, or whatever it may be. And instead, we, we need to find a shop that does educate bud tenders on specifics of the products 
themselves, meaning cannabinoid and terpene ratios, meaning extraction methodology, ethos of the company, where they source their plant material. If it is a cannabis variety, then looking at cultivation methods, the good kind of constant that the regulatory program provides is that everything needs to have a lab result. Every product that is sold in a dispensary must have analytical testing. And at minimum, that is that includes cannabinoid ratios and potencies. And so you can at least begin to look there in order to determine what concentrations of cannabinoids are found in a particular product. And all you need to do is ask for the lab result, ask to see the lab result of the batch. If you are in a compliant shop, then they should have that readily available for you to check out. And so I think that there there shouldn't be any kind of fear or intimidation going into the shopping experience to really ask for what you want, even bringing in the package of the product that did work for you and saying, look, this, this worked for me. I want something similar to this. Can you provide me with recommendations and also explain to me why you recommended those products? And, you know, I think another thing that would help clarify the situation for consumers is if we did come up with some sort of standardized packaging, because I know it is required that there is some sort of, you know, the per dose and the per package information. But because every package looks different, it's really hard for consumers to spot that quickly. And I think that, you know, it's like if I go to the grocery store, I can compare, you know, different sauces on an aisle and compare, you know, fats and sugars and and calories. And you should be able to have that experience with cannabis. And of course, to me, this is all the more reason why we need to keep pushing and fighting for, you know, federal legalization, because those are the sorts of federal mandates, you know, that would kind of roll out because right now it's just whatever's clever, you know? Yes, I completely agree. And I, I've heard the, the biggest um, suggestion, I'd say, from consumers is like, well, with cannabinoid and, and terpene potencies, we know that they're so important in order to predict effects. But if they are reported in percentages versus milligram per gram versus milligram per milliliter, how do I know what I'm, I'm taking per product? How do I find consistency in my dose? And Again, I I agree with you that we do need more universal standards in terms of reporting these kinds of compound concentrations. And also, we need to be educating the staff to be able to answer those kinds of questions and do those kinds of conversions with consumers where they can say, okay, you're used to uh, consuming uh, a cannabis flower that maybe has 15% THC, then I would recommend this kind of edible at this dose. That should be something that all staff is prepared to do for consumers because ultimately, not only, of course, the the formulation of the product and the ethos of the company behind that product, but also the dose at which you take that product is so instrumental in informing the resulting experience that you will have. Absolutely. And I don't know if this is magic or what, but you just led into the next listener question. And I'm not kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So she says, what about resources to help me find products and retailers that have a shopping experience that lets me filter for my values and my needs? Many places seem to curate one or the other, but not both. And so she's talking about like, I want something that's for sleep, pain, anxiety, meditation. But I also want to know, is this a B Corp? Is it women-owned? Is it local? Do they have a give-back program? Do they use minimal packaging? You know, like, I think right now we're just super savvy shoppers. And I feel like the majority of 
cannabis consumers are environmentalists. You know, we're, we want to use plant medicine and we also want to, you know, treat our planet with kindness. And so do you know of a site like this yet, Emma? Not yet. And it's something that is so needed. We have some certification councils that are out there, such as I believe it's the Cannabis Certification Council that's looking at setting up these kinds of distinctions or at least a platform where we can host and catalog all of the farms, manufacturers, dispensaries that do abide by certain B Corp or or other like ethical social responsibility business optics and be able to easily access those. But at this time, that doesn't exist. And so it takes a lot more of an in-depth investigation looking at online reviews, looking at any recent awards that shop or manufacturer or cultivator may have won, looking at if it is a dispensary, how much of their shelf space do they um, do they leave open for products that have been, for example, clean green certified or that do employ organic methodology. And then also digging even deeper and looking at how they treat their employees. And I mean, that is really Hard. That's a lot of work to put on one consumer, and oftentimes it takes so much digging to find answers, and, and even then you may not find those answers. And so I, I am such an advocate and do agree for some type of platform where we can begin to compile a list of ethical uh, businesses in the cannabis industry because it is very important. Absolutely. So sounds like there's a business idea out there, people, if anybody wants to grab it and run with it. Mm-hmm. So do you have some thoughts that come into your head about the issues that cannabis shoppers would come to you with or that, you know, seem to be the most glaring concerns when they entered into the cannabis shopping experience, you know, what they were afraid of? Yeah, I mean, there is quite a large population of people who are now just warming up to the idea of using cannabis as a therapeutic and using it in place of or in combination with other um, medical interventions that they have taken in the past. And this population of people is looking for targeted therapeutic actions to help with anxiety, sleep, whatever it may be, and also may have quite an intimidation factor when it comes to walking into dispensaries, not knowing what to expect. And from what I have heard and from stories that people have told me, it really comes down to the inability of bud tenders or retail staff to help them find a product to to act on that targeted therapeutic experience and then also for the consumer to feel really good about the information that they got from that um, bud tender. And I'll share an anecdote of a particular shop here in Oregon that is quite known for having a more educated staff, a better design, et cetera. And my friend went into that dispensary and was asking for a recommendation for his father who had just gotten out of surgery. He'd been in a lot of pain. He had been experiencing inflammation and he was looking for an edible to help him um, out. And the bud tender goes, oh, well, just tell him to take this 50 milligram THC gummy and eat it all and he'll be so high he'll forget about his pain. Oh my God. And that to me is, so dangerous. I mean, such a liability Absolutely. when we are 
when we are relying on these retail professionals, when we can't get information from our doctors most often around what types of cannabis or what compounds to engage in to help with a targeted experience, we only have the bud tenders to rely on. And if this kind of messaging is being told at one of the most reputable shops in Portland, well, then it must be being told by a lot of other shops out there as well. And so, I mean, it is incredibly important that you go in with an inquisitive mindset as a consumer and that you also really question the the bud tender to figure out where they got their information, um, why they are recommending that particular product to you. I mean, luckily in this anecdote, because he was my friend, he knew better. And so he had to kind of school the bud tender and say, no, shouldn't you be giving me something with maybe some THC and CBD and recommending a lower dose than that? And um, the bud tender eventually was like, oh, yeah, okay, okay sure. Um, but you, you'd be surprised at how easily you can elucidate for yourself the, the level of training that that particular person has had on staff. If you just begin to ask questions of like, oh, well, why did you make that product recommendation? Or, oh, do you have any resources, scientific resources that I can check out that would allow me to better understand this product recommendation that you're making? Just by asking for those little extra things, you can begin to really find out which shops do invest in their employees' education and which shops don't. Yes. To me, it's all about do not hand over the keys to your experience. Like, let these people be your co-pilot, but you're still in the driver's seat. And, you know, somebody that doesn't really know much, it's like they just run into the shop and throw their keys to the first person they see. And it's just like, okay, let's ask some really smart questions right now. Definitely. And I think that there are two main things that I coach people on when kind of incorporating cannabis into their lifestyle for the first time, which is one, always go for microdosing. Go for a microdose. If you are unsure, even if you have smoked weed for years and years and years, if you are new to edibles, microdose. If you are new to a particular product, microdose it. See how it makes you feel. And we define a microdose as just a very low dose of a product to start for THC in particular, it's around two and a half milligrams, or if we're heating and inhaling, then it's around a two second inhale with an immediate exhale and then waiting 10 minutes before consuming more. With edibles, you're going to want to wait until the next consumption event to consume more. But I completely agree with you that it is you, the individual, who will provide yourself with the most beneficial information about what works for you. Cannabis is incredibly personal. And so you need to begin to kind of connect the dots around your own experience to find what works for you at a certain time and also be open to the experimentational attitude that that can and may change in the future as our bodies and specifically our endocannabinoid receptor system are in constant flux and change. And so keeping something like a consumption journal to begin to catalog your own experiences and to figure out what works best for you is a really smart idea. Absolutely. I 100% agree. I preach that myself. Now, you know, and I'm one of those people who gets paralyzed by too many choices. And, you know, when I can't decide, I do often lean on my bud tender to maybe like break a tie between a couple of products or strains or something. And since that in-person experience isn't available for a lot of people right now, do you have any online shopping tips for those cannabis shoppers who are sticking close to home? Definitely. 
I would say, one, check out the site's blog. If you are shopping on a dispensary's website, they may have a blog where they have highlighted uh, product recommendations for the week or ways to choose a product or even publish some particular lab results associated with that product so you can make a more informed decision. I'd say that that's a really great place to start. And if the dispensary does not have that information available, then feel free to call the shop to talk to somebody who is working there. If they are able to fulfill your order, then there are staff on site who will be able to answer your questions. And if, again, you are new to this whole world and it's still something that you feel like you need a little bit of an extra support or guidelines on how to take the product, store the product, dose the product, ask your bud tender or ask the person who you were speaking with on the phone to just jot down a few bullet point notes. If you do engage with a product and you are looking for more information on that product, then definitely contact the company to request lab results or any kind of information on use, dosing, product, storage guidelines, whatever it may be. The company should be really, really happy to engage with you and answer your questions. And if they're not and they, they're coming off a little shady and they don't want to disclose lab results, then that is a major red flag. Yes, ma'am, it is. So now let's shift gears a little bit from the novice shopper to that educated consumer who is looking for vetted personal recommendations. So I myself did the DNA testing and I had an epigenetic coach and I had my endocannabinoid panel run so that I knew exactly how cannabis interacted with my body. A lot of people are like, hell no, I'm not doing a DNA test. So do you know of um, any businesses offering that level of service, you know, that one-on-one for the educated consumer who's really just like, I want to know exactly about this product, how it's going to work, and like almost like a personal cannabis coach. Like I do lifestyle coaching, but I don't do it to that degree. Mm-hmm. I'd say that. I I know of people like myself in the industry who have a bit of a following where people do reach out for specific product recommendations all of the time. And I will publish product recommendations on my Instagram page, for example, if I do really like and support a product. Um, I don't know somebody who is doing that kind of kind of one-on-one coaching full time. However, I do know some naturopathic doctors who will engage with clients around cannabis and cannabis as medicine and be able to at least provide a kind of sketch of the compounds that those people should be looking for without making any specific recommendations, which would endanger their license. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. So I do know some healthcare practitioners who are out there who are doing that kind of work. I don't know anybody at the time who's doing that kind of like full on type of coaching. But I do love, you know, because cannabis is not the only thing in my wellness toolkit. You know, Mm -hmm. I use a lot of things. And so I really like that idea because cannabis interacts with, you know, different medications and, and other plant medicines. And so you know, having that level of expertise, I think is quite interesting for somebody who is hardcore into their wellness regimen. Perhaps you have a couple of names we can include in the show notes so people can research. That would be great. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I think educating the community at large is a huge hurdle 
but a lot of casual cannabis consumers don't necessarily have the vocabulary to defend having a cannabis dispensary in their neighborhood. Do you offer coursework or data points that would help what I call a cannabis Sherpa be an educated voice for the cannabis movement in their community? Definitely. I mean, I I take the approach of really being very rational and being in alignment with science. If you are going to be a cannabis guide and a cannabis advocate and really advocate for the legal public access commerce around cannabis in your community, then you have to be able to talk about cannabis rationally. And what I mean by that is looking at, yes, cannabis has incredible therapeutic value. There is such potential. We can cite, I mean, a myriad studies elucidating that aspect of cannabis compounds, specifically THC. THC is one of the most researched analytes on the planet. So we do have quite a compiled uh, list of scientific evidence that shows us that cannabis can be really good for people and that also there is quite low risk associated with use as compared to other pharmaceuticals or other substances. But you also need to be able to dialogue with the other side of the spectrum. So people who are in dissent around cannabis, usually they're coming from a fear place. And that makes sense. I think that we need to be empathetic to that because there has been quite a long period of prohibition era brainwashing around this is your brain on drugs, kind of fried egg in the pan, mm-hmm. um, where where that makes sense that there's still a lot of fear and intimidation around that fact. And so being able to hold space for those people and also validating their concerns and providing ways in which those concerns can be offset or mitigated by a legal program. And so talking about cannabis use disorder, talking about ways in which we can avoid children or people under legal age gaining access to cannabis, citing statistics that have been put out of states and communities that have had access to legal cannabis, that have had adult use regulatory programs where crime has dropped and teenage use has dropped and um, all these other benefits to the economy has been seen, I think is really important in order to be quite a loud advocate for adopting a regulatory program in your community. Now, does Eminent Consulting have a resource element on the site or coursework that kind of teaches this stuff to people? We do have coursework that teaches around all of the science around cannabis. So looking at cannabis use disorder, looking at the risks associated with use and the benefits associated with use and really what's happening when we consume cannabis. For the more um, coaching or information around how to hold space and and advocate in the legal realm, that is something that I do personally. So that is something that I will do one-on-one where you can book a coaching session with me where I'll kind of take you through the language and share with you a bunch of analytical reports and and statistics that you can use in order to lobby for cannabis, um, cannabis's public access. Outstanding. Now, I know the majority of your cannabis education efforts are focused within the industry, So for those in or looking to enter the business side of cannabis, tell us about the eminent consulting services and the latest and greatest programs you might be developing right now. Yeah, so we do a lot of business development with people who are of a craft mind. And when I when I say 
craft, I mean uh, sustainable, environmentally friendly, or taking care of your employees, you're employing an organic methodology, and you are achieving quite high product quality in terms of um, the, the extraction methodology or the cultivation methodology that you're adopting, and then putting that out into the world with an educational mindset and ethos. And so we have groups all over the country and also um, all over the, the world, in essence, that we work with to help them kind of adopt that messaging that will really be able to connect with consumers as well as on the back end, formulating all of their standard operating procedures to make sure that they are producing the highest quality product that is out there. And so we're we're quite small consultancy. It's just me and my business partner, Matt. Um, and, and we really work uh, very intimately with our clients to be able to impart the education and the experience that we have had in cannabis um, so that, of course, they can avoid some of the many pitfalls and mistakes that are on this roller coaster ride and also make sure that they are coming to market with the best product possible. Again, we are really driven by this mission to help people reframe their relationship with cannabis and to reconnect them with cannabis as a therapeutic. And in order to do that, we have to make sure that businesses are producing the highest quality product out there. Absolutely. And, you know, there's so many businesses that they have a they have a good idea. They have the money to back it but they don't fucking have the street cred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, and I think it's helpful to have somebody like you that has, you know, walked the walk from bud tender moving up through consumer education director and all of these things. And so you really do know the tone and voice to help these these businesses speak intelligently, but then also, like I said, like actual cannabis consumers. Yes, definitely. It's really important in the messaging that is coming out to consumers, as well as in the way that the the company is connecting with the cannabis community and the industry itself, like establishing those authentic relationships are really going to get you a long way in this business because it is really hard to operate in cannabis. And there are a lot of hurdles that come with being in in a legal cannabis market, um, it's it's important that you authentically connect with your other like people, brothers and sisters that are also working on the same kind of um, same kind of mission and that do align with your ethos. And so, not only in the messaging that goes out to consumers, but also in the messaging internally. I mean, companies can't can't come in and be tone deaf. There's a lot of skepticism and criticism around. Um, large capitally financed businesses that are coming in and kind of the corporate takeover of cannabis. And so making sure that you are by the people and and for the people is really important in your long-term success. Yes. Amen. And I think the thing that I get most frustrated about is seeing some of these companies who I do think they're tone deaf. Their shtick is we're going to have a rose gold vape pen and we're going to have all these fluffy names and this super slick packaging, and we're going to dazzle you into buying our products. Not that it's the best product for you, but, you know, that's that's kind of our consumer mentality in this day and age. And so mm-hmm. I really, I want cannabis to step out and be willing to be different. 
and to offer, you know, a different experience. And I just truly think that it's going to have to be educating consumers on what the true value is and, you know, and letting them choose with their dollars. Definitely. And that's where we need to have resources. As we were talking about, like a platform that really uh, outlines the companies in your community that are operating ethically. And furthermore, we also need to adopt and implement public health campaigns that can reach consumers around cannabis. I mean, we saw the the pitfall of not having a really comprehensive public health and public education strategy around cannabis with the vape crisis that came out, where people were just completely uneducated on how to buy vape pens. They were assuming that vape products were healthier than smoking. And then all of a sudden, we see all of these pulmonary health issues resulting from these vape pens that have been formulated unethically with cutting agents, et cetera. And so, of course, it is a learning curve. We're at the start of quite a brand new realm of industry. But I do think that not only the education internally in the industry to make sure that retail professionals and companies operating are communicating with science forward education to consumers about their products is important, but also a public education strategy where we can begin to have regulatory programs that will put up billboards and put out messaging and memos around the the safety and efficacy of cannabis. Yes. Now, one thing I tell consumers all the time is if you don't see what you want in a store, ask for it. Rattle cages, you know, ask for low sugar, no sugar options, you know, for your edibles. As someone with the experience of being in a dispensary, what's the best way to make that happen? Mm, Yes, yes, yes. First of all, let me just say that I completely agree. Cannabis is a consumer-driven market. The market is driven by consumers. Consumers have so much power in terms of what companies make it or break it. And so if you want to see something that is on the shelf that you haven't seen before, then call that dispensary, write to that dispensary, look at all of the edible makers or all of the manufacturers that are on the shelf at that dispensary and contact each one of them and be like, you know, it would be really cool if you made a gluten-free infused nut bar or if you made a sugar-free capsule and get your community to rally behind you. If you are a mom, for example, and you have other women in your community who want a low-dose mint, then make sure to get all of them to contact the dispensary or contact a manufacturer and be like, you know what, I want to see this. I have a bunch of people who would buy it. That type of information is so helpful for developing businesses. And they really take that to heart and will implement changes if they hear hear from you enough. And so just keep hollering at the dispensary or the manufacturers to let them know what you want. They do take it to heart. Awesome. Fan-fucking-tastic. Now, Emma, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Mm, you can find me on my company's website, eminentconsultingfirm.com, or you can also find me personally on Instagram, just at Emma Chasen, my full name, and please feel free to reach out to me with questions or concerns. I'm always happy to to share some insight and connect with people. Awesome. Now, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you either want to give a shameless plug or that you think is kind of a little hole in our conversation that needs to be filled? Ooh, I think that we covered a lot of ground, but I will 
give a, a shameless plug to my education program that is coming out in its full form very soon. We talked a lot about the need for cannabis science and, and cannabis education in general for not only consumers, but also industry professionals. And I do have a lot of courses that are out right now with a couple more coming for the full realization of the program. And so you can find those on our website as well. It'll, there's a big button, click here for, for online education that'll traffic you to our courses. So please, if you are interested in learning more about cannabis and its purported effects, check out those resources. Certainly. Now, is there any special discount for our Casually Baked listeners on your courses? Definitely. Definitely. I will get you a, a 10% off discount code for all of the, the listeners here today that we can put in the show notes. I so appreciate the work that you're doing. You know, I tell people knowledge is power and and to puff, puff, pass it on. And I I hope people will check out some of your coursework feel a little bit empowered and if and if it works for them guys you know share share that information it's it's important stuff definitely yep it's all about uplifting your community and and sharing the wealth all right i think that'll do it cool that was awesome thank you yeah thank you you are super smart and um i think you're fantastic well thanks it's been really really fun talking to you i usually the conversations that I have on podcasts don't incorporate such a kind of like nuanced look at the ways that consumers can engage with cannabis. So I really appreciated the discussion. One listener recently wrote in, as a cannabis for wellness non-expert advocate, I often get very specific questions I'm not qualified to answer. What are the best places for me to send less experienced consumers looking for a personalized recommendation beyond some quote-unquote choose-your-feeling chatbot? That's an excellent question, and thank you for asking. In my experience, this 2020 roller coaster is causing a lot of people to reevaluate their lives and their health practices. So anyone considering themselves a quote-unquote non-medical consumer that's still seeking health-savvy guidance, I want you to reach out and let's chat. As a cannabis lifestyle guide, I can help you find solutions for things like restful sleep without morning grogginess, anti-inflammatory recovery, or managing your stress while still being a highly responsible parent. A customized one-hour cannabis lifestyle session is $200 and you'll walk away with actionable steps based on your specific situation and lifestyle. Podcast patrons always receive 10% off coaching sessions and access to exclusive content. Visit patreon.com backslash casually baked to support the show. And then click the gray schedule appointment button at the top of casuallybaked.com to set up your personalized cannabis lifestyle coaching session. It's really important to remember that specific medical questions and treatment should be addressed with a doctor or nurse practitioner, one that has cannabis education and training to go along with their medical license. I'll include some potential options to get you started in the podcast 136 show notes at casuallybaked.com, along with links to the eminent consulting online coursework. 
The specific cannabis classes they offer range from $40 to $100 each. You'll save 10% using promo code CASUALLYBAKED. That's all one word, no spaces. If someone you love is warming up to cannabis, encourage them to subscribe to Casually Baked the podcast. I like to think that I offer a soft place to land for anyone interested in a relaxed wellness approach to cannabis consumption and the modern cannabis culture. And if you're feeling social, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm at Casually Baked. And if you're picking up what I'm putting down, puff, puff, pass it on. Yes, it's a high time. We had a high time together. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.